The following is a series of opinions and well-educated guesses. We cannot see the future, and therefore, these opinions are strictly opinions. We are not responsible for your questionable gambling decisions. On a serious note, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call toll-free at 1-800-522-4700. Welcome to Raise the Stakes. I'm Ray Fletcher, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Raftery. Matt, this is the first episode of Raise the Stakes, so let's start it off by telling everybody a little bit about who we are and what we do. Well, we are the host, obviously, of Raise the Stakes, a podcast that talks all about sports gambling, pro gambling, college gambling, tennis gambling, soccer gambling, you name it, we're probably going to cover it here on the podcast. Uh, Like I said, anything and everything about sports gambling, all right here. Yeah, essentially, we're just a couple guys that like to talk about sports, and we also tend to gamble a little more than we should, so (laughs) we figured we'd talk about it with a little bit of a gambling perspective. Uh, With that being said, let's see, later in the show, we're going to give you our best bets of the week. We're going to talk about our long shots of the week, uh, lines to keep an eye on. We'll talk about bad beats in our Why We Drink segment, my personal favorite segment. Tell you why we drink, essentially. Um, But let's get things started with the rundown. Yeah, let's do it. Without further ado, we've got five games here that we all, uh, it seemed like Ray and I were kind of in on action-wise. We were keeping our eyes on uh, from last week. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Eagles and the Packers. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Ray and I were both on the Packers minus eight, minus eight and a half, depending on what book you got it at. Um, Yeah, yeah. I was on the Packers for sure last week. Uh, I got it at minus eight and a half. Easy, easy peasy. I enjoyed that game. Yeah, um, those, those were nice games where I sat there and I'm like, I don't even got to sweat this. Well, I, I take that back. I had to sweat it a little bit in the second half because the Packers were taking a little bit of a nap. But they woke back up and it was a easy cover against the Eagles. No, let's be real. You sweated it because the Eagles finally benched Carson Wentz and brought in Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's why I was saying a little bit in the second half. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, like who, who knew? I mean, we all knew that Wentz has been struggling all season. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to compare him to a garbage can um, but I don't I personally don't think he's that bad he's having a bad season the team in general is bad the Eagles yeah. um, I mean their offensive line can't block Jalen Hurts gives you a little bit more uh, mobility I guess than Carson Wentz but essentially the Packers are a complete team and and they put the beat down on the Eagles uh, next up we got the Raiders and Jets that was a fun game my goodness it was closer than we all thought it would be how what would you have on that game did you take did you play that game so i bet this game like the raiders were gonna door stomp the jets and i that was my mistake because it it was one of the the gambling god sent me two lessons over that weekend it said stop betting on your own teams (laughs) in all caps with exclamation points i did it with the raiders and i did it with the steelers and both times it came back um i in theory i probably should have teased that game down uh i thought seven and a half might be a tad rich for the raiders and I, 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 the Jets never seem to fail to impress us on how many more times they can lose a game and how many different ways they can do it. Miraculously, right? Like, oh, man, they sent the house. Surely they're going to win this game, right? No. <laughs> Why would we do that? Well, you never know now. They fired their defensive coordinator, so maybe they'll win a game because he's the one that sent the freaking all-out blitz. Are you kidding me? Yeah. On a Hail Mary situation? Who does that? Uh, that was Greg Williams does that. I think he was trying to help the Jets tank. They want they want to tank for Trevor. I don't know. Adam Gase got into the headset and said, "Hey, we need to blow this game." Maybe that's why they didn't fire Gase yet. They're still trying to tank. Right. Like, Gase can pull it off if anybody can. Right. Um, all right. What do we got next? Texans versus Colts. Ooh. That was a fun matchup, and it worked out for me last week. I was on the Colts, so that was nice. Um, but Texans, what's going on there? Yeah, I also was on the Colts. Uh, that's a game where, you know, that's I call it the buy your buddy a drink game, where <laughs> you have no right to the money that you're going to win if you were on the Colts because the Texans were the right side. So you just calmly take your winnings, you know, go buy your friend a drink because it was a gift from the gambling gods for sure. Fumbling on the one for the Texans. I'll tell you what, I'll take a gift from the gambling gods every time they want to give yeah. them out. Because <laughs> we all know I've made a few sacrifices to them, so I deserve some gifts every yeah, once in a while. Absolutely. 
<laughs> that was a fun game. More on the Texans later, but mm-hmm. um, Steelers-Washington, uh, another one of your teams right there, the Steelers game. How did that game feel for you? So I went into this game thinking the Washington's good, but if Ben is accurately throwing the ball, he can throw over that D-line. And little did I know that was going to be the extent of the Steeler offense was Ben Roethlisberger throwing the football. Um, yeah, I get James Conner was out, so naturally you're going to lean a little bit less on the running game. But the fact of the matter is is the Steelers, I think, had this coming from them, for them last week against the Ravens. You started seeing a little bit signs of this. And I thought, well, maybe that was just an off game. They're going to want to kind of get right against Washington at home. Uh, prime time, all the lights are kind of on them. Um, and I thought, you know, hey, at less than a touchdown, why not? You know, and I think I even had him on a, a teaser at, uh, I think I had the over, it was in the 30s, I think, for that game, like 37 and a half, I want to say, and the Steelers down to half a point. And I bet the Steelers outright, I think, two at minus six and a half. Not sure on that. I'd have to go back and look. But I, I remember feeling really good about the Steelers. And like I said, the gambling gods tapped me on the shoulder and said, clearly you didn't learn your lesson from yesterday with the Raiders. So we're going to have to teach you this one again today, too. So that, that was a brutal Brutal game for me to watch as a Steelers fan. Well, I mean, not only as a Steelers fan, as a Steelers, I bet on the Steelers that game. I lost that game. Um, that was rough. I didn't see that coming. No. I saw. I know the Steelers have been, let's say, overperforming um, with their, you know, so-called undefeated record. Oh, the greatest team ever, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I didn't think that Washington had it in them to beat the Steelers. Uh, I was clearly wrong i tell you what washington what a great story they've been all year no kidding i I, like you know yes they beat the steelers i'm also kind of rooting for washington from here on out because of everything ron rivera's gone through alex smith like what a what a good team to root for i'm a i'm a huge alex smith fan and that comeback story is just amazing to me um you know i'm a niners fan full disclosure uh so alex smith was you know he's one of my favorite Niners, like he, what he had to go through as a 49ers quarterback, I mean, no quarterback should have to go through that shit. Like, and to suffer that devastating injury and then be able to come back two years later, I mean, that's just amazing. I'm always rooting for Alex Smith. Um, I, that was a, that was an impressive win. Yeah, without a doubt. And that leads us to the Bills Niners, which, as I said, I'm a Niners fan. I did not bet this game, which was the smart move. Um, because it didn't work out for the Niners. Did you did you play this game? I did. I took the Bills. I think I had them also on a six-point teaser. I had the over. I teased the over down six points, or the total, I guess, down and took the over. And then I took the Bills. I believe I took the Bills down to, like, a pick. or It was less than a field goal. I usually will never tease if it's going to be more than a field goal. Um, so I took the Bills on this game, and... I think I also had the Bills maybe on the spread because I remember getting pretty right on this game after the monstrosity that happened in the Steelers game. I was like, oh boy, I hope it's not going to be one of these games or one of these days, I should say, uh, on the card. But uh, no, I I had the Bills. I felt the Bills were the right side here. The Niners, I I so bad wanted to pull the trigger on them, but I just, there's too many uncertainties right now with them with no Jimmy Garoppolo, no George Kittle. Um, I just don't know, like... I mean, yeah, Nick Mullins is all right, but I still don't know how the offense moves the ball and scores. And I had more certainty with uh, Josh Allen and the Bills, and clearly, clearly it seemed like it was the right side to be on. Yeah, and I'll tell you why I didn't bet them. I'm, I'm a Niners fan, like I said, so I typically stay away from them. But when I do bet them this year, I've, I've done well. I've bet, it, I've bet on them, and I've bet against them, um, mostly because I can kind of see what's going on. I watch every Niners game. Well, I watch most games, but Niners in particular I pay close attention to. And... The Niners struggle with mobile quarterbacks. Now, Josh Allen's a mobile quarterback, but that tended not to matter this week because he threw the ball freaking everywhere. Are you kidding me? Four touchdowns? Like, the Niners couldn't stop him to save their lives. So I, I knew to stay away. I contemplated betting the Bills on it. I chose not to. Um, probably in hindsight, should have bet that game the way I thought it would go. Um, and probably this week, too, <laughs> on the Niners game. And we'll talk more about that later. Um, but first... Why we drink, my favorite segment. Why do we drink, Ray? I'll tell you why I was drinking this past weekend. Uh, I had a four-team teaser that um, was solid. I thought it was going to cash the second I placed the bet. Nor, I mean, I guess I think that every time I place a bet. But when... Right. <laughs> I think we all do in hindsight. Like, oh, this is going to work. Right. And then we're like, dang it. 
Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and then we, you know, crack open that bottle of whiskey because we need to drink. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you exactly what I had. Anyway, I had the Raiders minus one and a half. Um, this is a t- 14 teaser, six point teaser. Mm-hmm. Um, Raiders minus one and a half. They won 31 28. Got it. Lions plus nine. Easy win because they won outright. Uh, Colts plus three on the tees was uh, Colts won 26 to 20. So that wasn't even an issue. Last game, Cardinals plus nine. Are you freaking kidding me? They lost by 10 points. One point. They, and they had that game. They should have won that game. Unfreaking believable. I cracked a bottle of Woodford Reserve right after I fucking, after that game finished. It was depressing. Yeah. Uh, I was on the Rams for that game with the spread. Um, so I was perfectly fine with, uh, I think it was, Rams were like minus three. three. Yeah. So I was fine with, you know, the Rams winning by a touchdown or whatever. Um, and it kind of felt like that's how it was going to end. Like, you know, the Rams would score, the Cardinals would score. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm fine with the Rams winning by a touchdown. It covers the spread. I'm happy. It's a good day. Uh, but ouch, lose by, or, yeah, losing by 10 with a plus nine line that that's br- that's almost as bad as getting beat on the hook it, it's essentially well it kind of is yeah. when you have a four-team teaser because they lose by nine that game pushes and you still cash your teaser right right god that one that one hurt um and i normally i don't do a lot of teasers but that one this week i didn't like a lot of the lines, so i, te- I teased quite a bit this past week um that's not a typical thing for me but i should have that freaking should have came through i can't believe the cardinals couldn't pull off one more point got a field goal something um what the hell what about you matt why are you drinking this week yeah well i you know this was this pain was kind of over two days a little bit so the first day i had north carolina this is all in college basketball i had north carolina plus three at iowa now i i know iowa's got this kid luca garza who's insane and i thought okay carolina's a lot better than they were last year I'm going to jump on the plus three. And that felt like the right side for a lot of that game. I mean, even into the second half, Carolina was up one with nine minutes to go. And the way the game was going, it was kind of back and forth seesaw. I'm like, okay, I'm cool with this. You know, keep it the way it is. If Iowa wins, they'll probably win on a couple free throws, win by two or something like that. And they lose by 13. Like, they just give up. Like, you know, I, I mean, granted, Iowa did get hot. But North Carolina just got really cold, like the last nine minutes. They were just like, hey, we're favored by three. Watch this. Uh, <laughs> or we're, we're underdogs by three, excuse me. Yeah, watch this. That was brutal. And then falling into the next day, uh, so that was Tuesday's action. Uh, this is we Wednesdays. Three games, all that I felt I was on the right side of. They seemed like they were going to cash. And then for whatever reason... They don't. So Rhode Island played Wisconsin. They were plus 10 and a half. I was like, all right, I like Rhode Island. I think they keep it close. They're kind of a sneaky, decent team. They got one of the Hurley brothers coaching them. Uh, and they lose by 11. Mm. Ouch. Mm. Northwestern is a three-point favorite uh, against Pitt, I believe. Yeah, it was against Pittsburgh, I believe. And they lose by one on free throws. God, free throws. That's the worst part about basketball is the free throws at the end of the game. Right. And I was thinking to myself this week, the reason I don't like betting college basketball that much is I'm depending on college athletes to make their free throws. <laughs> that's a mistake in itself. But that's, that's kind of a joke that I have between myself and you know some other people. But anyway, last game, Furman taking on Cincinnati. Furman came into this game as a three-and-a-half-point underdog. And I thought, you know what? At Furman, they're kind of another team I've heard about in past. They're kind of a sneaky, decent team. They'll sneak up on uh, good teams and give them a good game. And Furman was the side, pretty much. They were keeping it within one, within two, uh, sometimes even had the lead. And they end up losing this game by five. So if Furman maybe makes two more free throws, they cash. There you go with the free throws again. Again, more free throws missed by college basketball players. The story of my life, at least this week, four horrible games that I should have had. And the gambling gods had to correct that because I had a pretty good Sunday for the NFL. They're like, yeah, we, we can't let the hot streak continue this much longer. We, we got to correct this a little. That was my whole weekend after winning that uh, North Carolina UNLV game. That was a great, that was a, a tip from a buddy of ours. He's like, hey, take North Carolina big. And we're like, all right. I mean, I normally don't like betting against my teams, but all right. Right. And UNLV, um, 
unbelievable unbelievable start would they go out 13-0 I was worried about that game when that started I was like oh no I think we're on the wrong side yeah UNLV went up like 13-0 early or it might have been 13-2 but um, North Carolina just stormed back and yeah. raced them in the second half wasn't it even was, close it was painful anyway that's why we were drinking this past weekend so this is a new segment on the show and it's something that kind of came up at spur of the moment i was doing some research and i was like there's some interesting line movement going on in the nfl there usually is every week but this week kind of seemed interesting so this is our segment running the running line this is basically just like i said looking at different lines how much they've moved from their opening line to where they're at now and first game we've got tennessee titans taking on the jacksonville jaguars this opened up at Tennessee minus nine and a half. It's been bought down to seven and a half. A lot of Jacksonville money coming in on the spread. That's wild, especially after Jacksonville's performance last week. I guess Tennessee didn't have a great performance either. Um, but a two-point movement, like, and we're on what is today Friday, so it's not even not even Sunday yet. And we got two-point movement. What do you think's causing that? Why is everybody on the Jags for this game? I think if the only reason I could see this being is Jacksonville typically plays well when they're a big underdog on the spread. Uh, they covered, I believe, earlier in the year was like a 14 or 13 point line against the Packers. Um, so I think people are just kind of going off that rule of thumb. And maybe they realized Tennessee had a struggling week last week against the Browns. So kind of a little bit of an overreaction, I think, on the Titans part. Personally, I'd like this game at less than a touchdown for Tennessee. I it's, again, I'm I'm really worried about seven and a half after last week with the Raiders, but I think you get to even to seven maybe, um, and you want to buy the half a point down to six and a half, even seven and a half down to seven. Uh, you're going to pay a little more juice depending on what book you play at. Uh, you know, most books are sometimes one thirty, one thirty five, maybe one twenty five, just depends. Um, but if you can get Tennessee at a touchdown or less, I like them a lot on the spread. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Tennessee at minus seven as well. I might wait to see if that line action moves down to seven and take them. Uh, Jacksonville, uh, news out of Jacksonville, they lost A.J. Bouye for the rest of the season. He's been suspended for PEDs. Um, so I don't know, big game for A.J. Brown. A uh, little play action, get him get him going. He's he's been, He's a big play guy. He's made some big plays this season. Mm-hmm. Um, had some big fantasy weeks. And fantasy football is something we'll add to the show later. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm a big fantasy player, and A.J. Brown, he has the potential to go off any given week. Yeah, I was looking at this line, and like I said, I was shocked that it's been bought down two points in favor of Jacksonville. If anything, I thought the line would go the other direction with Tennessee, people just hammering Tennessee as like a bounce-back spot. Uh, but like I said... If you get this game at a touchdown or less for Tennessee, I'd take it. Yeah, I might buy the hook just to get the seven because I think it'll it'll probably bounce back the other direction when the Sharps start coming in on Tennessee. Yeah, for um, sure. Next game, we've got Minnesota and Tampa Bay. It's not a spread necessarily. It's more of a total that has been moving in the... It has moved a ton. Uh, so it opened up at 45.5, the over-under. It sits right now at 52 and a half. Jesus H. Christ, seven points? Seven, a whole touchdown it's moved. Wow, why? Was there any news? What do you think happened there? I think, and I don't know, maybe the pros got involved on this a little earlier than we all thought. They looked at 45 and a half and thought, yeah, they may hit that in the first half, <laughs> um, knowing how these two teams score. And to be frank, if I saw it at 45 and a half when it opened, I probably would have bet it too. 52 and a half, you really start getting playing with a lot of fire when you get into the 50s with totals. Um, you, they, There's one of those you can really go either way. It's really kind of rare to see an NFL game get much above 60. Um, not like as a total, but just as like what the game ends at. Um, so the fact that it's moved a whole seven points, I'm thinking there's... There's probably some reaction to Minnesota. I believe they won over the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And I think people are thinking uh, Tom Brady turns it on usually about this time of year. They'll probably, he'll probably have another touchdown or two more than he usually would. Um, so I think just the increased scoring from Minnesota's end and Tampa, the you know many weapons they have on offense, I think probably moved this lineup. I just didn't expect it to be a whole touchdown. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. A touchdown's a wild, is that's wild um, line moving. But Tampa's also coming off a bye week, so they got that extra week of rest. Right, and, and I think and that's a good point. You think about it, you know, Brady off of a bye, Arians off of a bye, typically pretty good. But the question is, uh, can Arians and Brady combination do the same thing that Belichick Brady did when they're coming off know. a bye? I don't know. Because Belichick Brady off a bye is almost money in the bank. Um, we'll right. See if, we'll see if Arians and Brady 
can pull off the same thing. They got, I, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't. Yeah, like I said, at the the way this total is right now, I'd probably stay away just because it's a really tricky number that you could easily get beat on. I could see. Um, but anyways, we'll see how that game goes. Agreed. Next game is Kansas City taking on Miami. The total, this is another total. It opened up at 45 and a half. It's now at 50 and a half. Uh, in, my, in my eyes, it seems, 50 and a half seems like a kind of a dead number. Uh, I don't know really what to do with it. If it goes over or under, it's kind of one of those, kind of like the uh, 52 and a half where you could get pretty, you can get beat on it fairly easily. Uh, you know, you get to 49, and then a field goal's kicked late, and boom, you're busted, right? Yeah. For the over, or for the under, I should say. And if you had the over, you know, nice job. But, yeah, I, five points, so that's still a lot. That's Yeah, that's a huge line move. And typically, when I see a line move this much, I typically come in and just bet the other side blindly, right? So if we see, mm-hmm. it, moving, if we see it moving five or seven points towards the over, I'll just come in and bet the under, because that's the books, you know, Generally, they'll get it right. Granted, they are going to miss some. Um, but when they set the line at that and then it gets bet all the way up to 50 and a half, I might just come in and bet the under, think that Miami might not put a lot on the board. Of course, Miami's defense pretty solid. Can they hold Pat Mahomes to under 30 points? Right. What? Well, and that's what that I'm glad you brought that up because that's what the adage I used in the Patriots Rams game. Everybody and their grandmother was on the Pats on Thursday night. So I said, I'm fine with going the other way and taking the Rams, and obviously the Rams were the right side. So when it's something like that, I'm kind of with you on that as far as like a gambling principle. If everybody and their dog and cousin are on one side, I, I'm fine with going the other way. Right, yeah, take a stab at it. I mean, there's because the, these people who set the lines at the books, they get paid good money to set these lines, and mm-hmm. they're responsible for, for it. And when you see a line that has that much movement were they really that wrong this isn't week one this is week 14 in the nfl like right week one yeah they get some wrong they don't know we especially this season we didn't have a preseason who yeah. knows what the hell is going on i would say on. talk about one of the worst weeks to bet the nfl week one <laughs> i I, temp- I typically do well in week ones um because i i try and find mistakes that i think the book made and sometimes i'm right sometimes i'm wrong but week 14 the book's got they've got 13 weeks of action under their belt they mm-hmm. think generally have a pretty good idea of how these games are going to play out and I mean, I don't know. I might just I might go under on that one personally. We'll see. I don't know yet. I'm gonna see if there's any more movement on it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll also keep an eye on that because hey, maybe Ray and I have the same uh, same play on that one because I don't mind the under actually. Um, anyway, we've got San Francisco taking on the Washington Football Team. This is more. This is back to the lines now. So it, it opened at San Francisco minus four and a half. It's down to San Francisco minus three. I got to tell you, I'm on board with the movement there. I don't think the Niners should be favored by four and a half. I don't think they should be favored by three in this game. Um, I And I'm a Niners fan, so that kind of hurts me to say. But right. that's I mean, I'm call it like it is. San Francisco is struggling right now. They've um, Mullins has come in and he's played decently, but now he's got the Washington defense coming at him. They got a pass rush at Chase Young. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Dude's a monster. Did you see what Tomlin? Did you see that video with Tomlin talking to? Yeah, Jason he said, "I hope my teams are never are never this bad where we have to, so bas- yeah, basically tank for a season to get somebody like Chase Young." Right, because he's like, "I'm never going to get a guy like this because I'm not going to lose 14 games." This I don't know season. if that was a compliment or kind of a backhand insult. Like it was kind of one of those. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was a compliment for Chase Young, but he was complimenting himself at the same right. time. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I just thought that was a really cl- cool right. sentiment by Tomlin there. But um, yeah, yeah I I don't like the Niners at all in this game. I'd probably either lean Washington or stay away from it personally. Yeah, if I was so this is kind of interesting. The way it's moved, if you're a Washington better, I'd jump on this right now. I would have jumped on it at four and a half, but yeah. obviously with line movement, sometimes you just can't catch the number. I would still jump on this at plus three, and I wouldn't hate a play on the money line for Washington in this game. Yeah, they could I, win outright. Again, I just don't know how San Francisco moves the ball with Nick Mullins. They seem to stall out a couple drives, even against Buffalo. And like you said, that Washington D-line is no joke. Chase Young is for real. And some of the other pieces on that line also, you know, they're they're one of the, I think they're a top 10 line, if not a top five defensive line in the league. Montez Sweat, yeah. Plus, I mean, their secondary is not bad, and they're really well coached by Ron Rivera. 
Uh, I like this a lot for Washington. Um, again, I think this could be one of those games where, you, like you said, look for a mistake that the books made. I think the books have the wrong team favored here. I, I, I wouldn't argue that at all. Yeah, absolutely. But going to our last game, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Buffalo Bills, Sunday Night Football. This line has flipped, like really flipped. All it opened up at Pittsburgh minus two and a half. It's now Buffalo minus two. Yeah. That's huge movement. Four points for, oh, man. Um, I might come in and take the Steelers on the money line on this one to win outright. Easy, easy. (laughs) Um, Personally, as a Steelers fan, I'm going to stay away from this game. I've learned my lesson plenty with betting the Steelers or betting the Raiders. Um, And that's probably the move for you as a Steelers fan. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm probably not going to have action on this. But it doesn't shock me that there's been this much of a movement. I think a lot of people are buying into what Buffalo did Monday night against uh, San Francisco. Sure. And they're also buying into what the Steelers did against the Washington football team. They're like, I don't know about the Steelers team anymore. I think you, a lot of it could have been Pittsburgh looking forward to this game and not not worrying about Washington. Yeah, yeah I mean, Pittsburgh's going to get a lot of notable names back in the lineup. James Conner should be available for this game. Uh, ben, I think, is available. I don't believe he got injured or anything. I haven't heard of any other significant injuries. Juju still be, will still be in, Claypool, all those guys. It's just I, I have a really hard time right now buying into Pittsburgh's offense or lack of, uh, especially the last two games. Uh, you know, Maybe an underplay might be the play here for this game. If I was going to take a play, I don't really like either game. If I had to take a spread, I'd probably take the – Probably take Buffalo minus two, anything less than a field goal. Um, I just don't know how the Steelers score and move the ball, at least the last few games. Um, They're definitely going to need an uptick in scoring. But this is another one, right? Like four and a half point, uh, four and a half point movement. Like, right? Did the books get it that wrong? Is Pittsburgh really this bad as they were last week? Is Buffalo as good as they looked against the Niners? Well, that's the thing. It kind of shocked me because normally these lines don't come out until the last game is played on Monday night, or that team's game has been played. Uh, obviously, because the books don't want to get a line really wrong, right? Where they they have a let's say they had Pittsburgh at minus seven for this game, for instance, and they lose outright to Washington and they're and Buffalo does what they do. They're like, oh boy, we we have really messed up lines. So usually these lines aren't coming out until usually like the Tuesday, but in 2020 sometimes that's Wednesday or Thursday, depending on when your team is playing, right? Um, you know, due to COVID and stuff like that. But yeah, usually the fact that these lines have moved that much in such a short time is kind of interesting. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's get into this week's action. Let's do um, it. Let's see what's going on with the picks this week. We've got some, uh, I know it's kind of NFL dominant right now. It's not always going to be that way. Right. Uh, we are going to talk other sports. we got some college football coming up here just a second. Um, but let's talk, let's continue with the NFL and see where we land on picks here. Um, we got the Vikings versus Buccaneers we talked about a little earlier. Uh, where do you land? Tampa Bay minus six and a half. So I like Tampa Bay a lot under a touchdown. I think this is where Brady starts fine-tuning everything. He puts it all together. He knows the playoffs are looming around the corner, and he knows the Saints are the number one seed in the NFC as of right now. I don't think Brady's going to want to lose the division his first year in, and let's face it, are we really going to expect Kirk Cousins to make that many big plays in a kind of standalone spot? He's not in his usual 10 o'clock where nobody can see him type of spot, where he can put up nice numbers if you're a fantasy owner. I don't buy it, really. I mean, I think the only way Minnesota puts up legitimate points in this game is going to have to be through Dalvin Cook. And that's kind of a be- through a better Tampa Bay uh, defense than we've seen in years past. I like this game a lot for t- uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. Anything less than a touchdown, though. If it gets to even maybe seven, I have to think about it. And anything more than seven, probably stay away from. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm on the opposite side of you. I like the Vikings plus the points here. Um <laughs> Tampa's lost three of its last four. I know they're coming off a bye week. Minnesota's been a little hot. Um, But you're right. That Tampa uh, rush defense is good. 3.3 yards per game is all they're allowing. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook is going to be in for a challenge. Um, But I don't I don't think that Kirk Cousins is going to struggle like you do. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a decent game. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see two touchdowns. 250, two touchdowns uh, along with Dalvin Cook having a decent running game. Um but the problem is the Bucks start slow. 
they uh, what was the stat I saw 57 uh, 52 to 7 in Ooh, the first quarter man. that they're 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 their deficit um that's huge and if you let Minnesota take a lead on you like that then your then your best player your your well I guess the catalyst of your offense as Bruce Arians called him uh Rojo Ronald Jones he's really consistent he is but he's not going to have a, as good of a game if you're down early like that if you're giving up a big lead in the first quarter it's going to be hard to keep Rojo involved so I like Tampa Bay plus six here or excuse me Minnesota plus six here six and a half yeah for sure looking at the next game here this is kind of a uh Dud game a little bit, right? Uh, Cowboys and Bengals. Yeah, fun. I mean, when you talk about who's going to score, I don't know who's going to score, period, in this game, regardless if it's the Cowboys or the Bengals. It'll be defensive players because someone will mess up (laughs) so bad. Someone can just walk in with a defensive touchdown. I I don't hate a play on the under at all on this game because, I mean, Andy Dalton did all right against the Ravens, but do I think it goes two weeks in a row? Probably not. No revenge factor in Andy Dalton going to play his old old squad, the team that cut him and made him a backup, basically? Well, if he's not careful, the Cowboys are about to cut him as well. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no, uh, this is a meaningless game. The Cowboys, for all intents and purposes, I don't think are going to win the division, and if they don't win the division, they're not in the playoffs with how bad the NFC East is. Uh, I think it's a pretty much a race right now between the Giants. Well, it's kind of a three-man race, I guess. The Giants, the Eagles, maybe a little, but they're fading, and Washington. Those are really the three teams that I could see making a case for the division. Uh, definitely not the Cowboys. And again, this is kind of just a meaningless game. If I had to take a side, though, um, I'm going to take Dallas minus three and a half and take the little bit of a better offense I hate three and a half, though. So if you get to three or two and a half, maybe there's some Bengals buyback. Buy the hook, baby. I like the hook a lot in this yeah. game. I like buying the hook down a lot. Even if it's going to cost you a little bit of extra juice, three and a half is one of those. You get beat really easily. Um, but I think if you're asking me who's the slightly better offense, I'll take the Cowboys, because especially with like Zeke and a little bit of a better receiving core. Yeah, I'll buy the hook. I'll, I'll parlay it with the under. We're looking at a 9-3 to three final. No, I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> Covers. But, but yeah, you're right. The Giants, they're, they're streaking. Um, leads us to our next game, Giants and Cardinals. And we got the Cardinals minus 2.5 taking on the Giants. Um, what are your thoughts there? So with this game, it, this is tough. Because I've, part of me says the Cardinals are going to look a lot better this week. Part of me wants to think that the Giants are going to keep it rolling. It's in New York. You know, with two and a half, I don't know if I can pass that up with the Cardinals. Uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals. To, this is a good get-right game for them, get some momentum back. They know they can't lose a whole lot of ground in the NFC West with how competitive the division is. And if they want to even get a wild-card spot, they're going to need this game. And I just haven't been able to put a whole lot of substance behind the Giants right now. I mean, yeah, they had a really good win against Seattle last week, but... I With mean, Colt McCoy starting. Yeah. Who knew? I, I, I just don't put a whole lot of substance behind it. I think the Cardinals' defense is a little bit better than Seattle's defense. Um, with that being said, I'll probably take the Cardinals anything less than a field goal. Like two and a half is a good number right now. If it gets to like three or three and a half, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is probably one I'm going to stay away from. I If if I had to bet, I'd do the same as you, Cardinals minus the two and a half. Um, I, I don't want to watch this game, to be honest. I don't I'm know if gonna, anybody does. I'm just going to lay off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, a little more entertaining game here, though. Kansas City taking on Miami. Talked a little bit about this game earlier. Uh, the Chiefs are favored by seven. A little bit lower than I thought. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think everybody forgets about the Dolphins. They've been they've been streaking. They've been doing well. Tua's came in and he's played, you know, good football. Mm-hmm. Um, they're. I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing it. The Dolphins are. What are they? Eight and four. Uh, mm-hmm. Nine and four. Eight and four. Something like that. It's a really good record. Yeah, they're eight and four, and they're kind of the surprise in the NFC East. Everybody's looking at Buffalo, but the Dolphins aren't out of it. They could still win that division. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if I had to take a, if I had to take a side on this game, I'm going to take Kansas City at minus seven. This is another one. If it gets to seven and a half, by the hook at seven, yeah. just to be safe. I think Kansas City. This is a good get right game for them. I know they won last week, but they kind of had a scare in the process. They almost lost that game outright to Denver. It's crazy. They, you know, they're going to be coming in much more fine tuned this week. 
And Miami, they haven't really been blowing teams out for that, for say, right? They've been trying, you know, pretty much keeping it low scoring. And I just don't know if that's going to work against Kansas City with the lethal weapons they have with guys like Tyreek Hill, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Sammy Watkins even can get loose, Travis Kelsey. I just think there's too much firepower on that offense to be slowed down that much. And I just don't know how much the Dolphins are really going to score. I mean, they've, like I said, they've been low scoring games. Uh, you know, barely cracking 21 or something like that. So uh, for that matter, I'll take the Chiefs minus seven. Uh, I like it right now at seven. You may even want to buy the half a point down to six and a half. Who knows? Because I could see a potential push. But at seven, I'm cool with it. I'll leave the Chiefs minus seven with you. Um, I think they'll they'll probably. I don't know if the Dolphins have anybody that can run with Tyreek Hill. Most, I don't know if anybody in the league has. Right? <laughs> but um, I think I think he can get open, and the Chiefs. Should cruise through an easy, at least seven-point win here. Yeah, which leads us to our last game here. Washington football team taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Talked a little bit about this game earlier, too. Um, For me, a side on this one feels like uh, Washington is the right side here. Again, with no Jimmy G and no George Kittle, I just have a hard time understanding how the Niners are going to move the ball down the field against a really solid Washington defense. Uh, you know, Nick Mullins, even against Buffalo's defense, who's been known to give up quite a bit of points this year, seemed to struggle a few drives, seemed to stall out a lot. And I think, you know, quite frankly, Washington's playing with a lot of momentum and a lot of swagger at the moment. So I like Washington plus three. And like I said earlier, I don't hate a play on the money line for Washington. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, as a Niners fan, I'm not going to, it hurts to say, but I'm not going to do, I'm not going to bet on the Niners when I think they're going to lose. Um, I'll take, I'll take Washington plus the points here as well. Uh, for the Niners, it has, it has to be the run game. And if the run game doesn't get going, nothing else works. Uh, if Mostert can't get going, which I think he might have a trouble with. Well, like I said, we were talking about that defensive line in Washington, Chase Young, Montez Sweat. These guys can, they, they're decent run defenders. And I don't know if the Niners can't get it going Mullins is going to struggle and everything's going to go bad for him. So I'll take Washington plus the three. I might even sprinkle a little on the money line, like you said. Yeah, not a not a terrible play. Always decent to sprinkle on the money line sometimes, you know. You get that surprise underdog that wins, and it's a nice feeling in your pockets. Right, right. But nonetheless, going to switch over to college football for our, our this week's action, too. Let's have a little bit it. of have a little bit of added action here for you all. You know, some more games to pick and to bet on and to sweat out. My first game here is this is more of an overvalue play, in my opinion. It's Michigan State taking on Penn State. Right now, the books have Penn State at minus 14 and a half. And I think the books, quite frankly, are smoking a bunch of crack at the moment, <laughs> having them having Penn State at 14 and a half. Here's why. Uh, let's see. Let's run through Penn State's schedule real quick. They lose outright to Indiana by a point in OT. They get beat by double digits against Ohio State, uh, 38 to 25. They get curb stomped by Maryland, 35 to 19. They lose to Nebraska, who, for all intents and purposes, are, is in a rebuild at the moment. Uh, they lose that game outright, 30-23. to 23. Iowa blows their doors off, 41-21. to 21. They finally get a win against Michigan, 27-17. And they finally get a win, or their second win, against Rutgers, 23-7. So their most impressive win is by, what, 13, 14 points against um, Rutgers? Big deal. Like, Michigan State's had some impressive games and some impressive wins. I get they didn't look all that great uh, last week against Ohio State, but who's going to look really good against Ohio State this year? Probably not a whole lot of teams. Uh, Maybe Alabama, but that's about it. Uh, So for that instance, I'm going to take Michigan State plus the 14.5 here, and it wouldn't shock me. I almost thought about taking this as my long shot of the week, but I'm going to play it safe with this game. I'll take Michigan State plus 14.5. Wouldn't shock me, though, if Michigan State beats Penn State outright. Oh, wow. Bold statement there. But here's a little counter-argument to your argument there. Michigan State, while they have two wins over Michigan and Northwestern, um, their four losses have been by a combined 117 points, including that loss you were talking about, 52-12 to 12 by Ohio State. Ohio State did not have their coach, and they had 23 players out and still put a beat down on Michigan State. I just have a hard time buying Penn State at more than two touchdowns with how crappy of a season they've had. Who knows? They've got they've got the edge in the in the overall series total, the fifteen to nine in the Land Grant Trophy series. Uh, they won twenty eight to seven last year. 
I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably go with the the points with you. 14 and a half, two, two, two touchdowns. Um, it's probably the move there. But who knows on this game? That's why we love college football. It's it's a bunch of who knows, you know? Some teams can really shock us. There's massive upsets. It's fun to bet on. Uh, sometimes aggravating to bet on. But, you know, depending on what side you're on. But nonetheless, always a good time. Moves us to our next college football game, San Diego State taking on BYU. And the books have hammered BYU at minus 17.5. I think this is another overvalue play on BYU. San Diego State is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. You know, they're really solid. They run the ball. They don't make a ton of mistakes. Uh, you know, yeah, I get they're not one of the better te- you know, one of the best teams in the Mountain West, but they're not bad either. And BYU, let's not forget, they got caught slipping against Coastal Carolina. I think the books had that game at like minus 11, minus 11 and a half in favor of BYU, and they lost that game outright by five. So I think BYU, they understand our championship hopes are done in the college football playoff. We couldn't afford to lose. We were going to need a lot of help anyways, and now that we've lost to Coastal Carolina, we're pretty much done for. And I think San Diego State, well, I don't know if they win this game outright. I like them to cover the 17 and a half points. That's a lot of points. Um, San Diego State... They're, I don't know. I like, I, I think I'm with you. I'll take San Diego State plus the 17 and a half points. They, they, I mean, their defense is solid. They've got the, was it, third total defense in the country? Yeah, they're really good. 269 yards. But you're also going up against Zach Wilson um, at quarterback. 27 touchdowns this year. Yeah. Almost 3,000 yards. He'll get that 3,000 yards this week. Um, but I'll take, I'll take San Diego State in the 17 and a half. Yeah, which moves us to our next game, a kind of more historic game here. Army taking on Navy. Army comes into this game at minus seven. Ray, what you got? I, you know what? I like Army. Um, this, this is the first time they've played in a neutral site. Or, excuse me, um, it's normally played at a neutral site. This is the first time they're playing at West Point since like 19... Oh, really? 1940. It was during World War II. It was the last time they didn't play at a neutral site. Wow. Because no, I would say normally that game's played at... Um, in Philly or Washington yeah, or D.C. Yeah, it's usually like Philly um, at the Eagles uh, arena. I just can't think of their name off the top of my head. Uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Financial. Lincoln, Lincoln Financial, yeah, that's what it is. Link. Um, but yeah, first time since 1943, World War II, that the game is played at one of the services' home fields. So that's a, li- a little bit of an advantage for Army. Um, Navy leads the all-time series, but Army's defense this year, 23rd in run defense all, all, all across the season. They've only given up five touchdowns this year. Yeah, and I, I'm with you on this one. I like Army a lot. Navy is not that impressive this year. They got absolutely curb stomped earlier in the year like 55 to 3 i believe by um a certain i, I gotta look that up but i know it was a pretty bad beatdown. and army's one of those teams that they're just always solid you think of army you're like man that team's decent i mean they run like three plays on offense they run option they run option and they run option they, they rarely will pass the ball but when they run the ball they run it really well and I think this is one of those that Army gets up early and they just control the clock. And I don't know if Navy does a whole lot here. 67 passing attempts all season <laughs> for Army. That is crazy. And Navy is giving up 212 yards per game on the ground. You know how many ar- yards Army's rushing for a game? It's, it's got to be at least 200, right? 296.7. Almost 300. Almost wow. 300 yards per game. Leads the nation 31 rushing touchdowns. Um in, in their game against Georgia Southern last week, Ar- Army attempted one pass all game. Yeah, so here's that stat on Navy. They lost 55-3 to to BYU. They've lost 40-7 to to Air Force. They lost 37-21 to against Houston, and they lost 51-37 to against uh, SMU. Yeah, I'm taking Army minus seven. Take it to the bank. I don't think that Navy's... I like. Yeah, that's one of my more favorite plays of this college football slate. Moves us to our fourth game, and that is Auburn taking on Mississippi State. Auburn is a six and a half point favorite. Ray, what you got? I like Auburn minus the six and a half. Um, it should be a good game. It should be a fun game to watch. Actually, um, we shall see. Yeah, I like Auburn a lot in this game, and this is more of a play against Mississippi State. Let's not forget, everybody. Miss- Mississippi State's the same team that put up two points in a game. Two points. Two. 
Unbelievable. Their offense has been really hit or miss, and I like Bo Nixon. Bo Nix. I almost said Nixon. <laughs> Bo Nix from Auburn, the quarterback. He's been playing pretty decent. Uh, you know, not as good, not like Heisman numbers, but you know, wins you games type of numbers. Right. Um, and I like that Auburn at less than a touchdown. I think this could be, you know, potentially a blowout in favor of Auburn. Uh, Mississippi State, like I said, very hit or miss. First year coach uh, for that program and with Mike Leach, although Mike Leach, a very good coach, uh, former Washington State and Texas Tech coach. I just have a hard time buying teams, usually when they're in their first year of coaches. Uh, there's a lot of inconsistencies. And like I said, it's more of a play against Mississippi State. And at less than a touchdown, I like Auburn in this game, too. I'm with you. Final game of the college football slate that we're talking about today, UNLV versus Hawaii. Hawaii minus 20 points against the running Rebel, or excuse me, the Rebel football team. Yeah. This game for me, mark my word, everyone, UNLV is going to get their doors kicked in, tossed over, thrown around like a rag doll. Hawaii is going to expose UNLV to the fullest extent possible. And at less than three touchdowns, I think that's actually pretty good value for Hawaii. You look at this UNLV team. Answer me this question. Who's their quarterback right now? I don't know. He's probably eating some sushi off some naked girls right now. <laughs> He's probably doing that. Like but, but That's been the question all year with UNLV. Who their quarterback is? Charles Williams has been really underwhelming. Uh, we thought this was going to be an, another kind of like breakout year for Charles Williams. He hasn't performed well in the Rebel backfield. And Hawaii has played pretty good football. They've beaten, I believe, uh, I believe they beat Reno uh, not too long ago. Uh, they've had some impressive wins. This is a home game. That means, you know, UNLV is going to have to travel uh, pretty far to Hawaii. Uh, you know, you talk about teams traveling and all that. I think it's still a little bit of a factor, even in 2020. And But they are coming off of another canceled game, so they got that extra preparation. Well, we said that about the Wyoming game, Ray. And <laughs> they, they they could have used a lot more preparation. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'll take Hawaii at less than a, uh, three touchdowns. I think this game has the potential to get really ugly for UNLV. I'll take Hawaii as well. UNLV 0-5 against the spread this season. Terrible, Yeah, terrible they, they've team. yet to cover a spread. They've got nothing going for them. Their they, offense can't move the ball. Their defense can't stop anybody. It's really bad. I, I'm completely shocked that Coach Arroyo is doing less than Coach Sanchez did last year. It's just unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable. See, that's the thing with UNLV football. They can't win a game, and they can't even win against the number, for goodness sake. Isn't that crazy? I 0 know. for 5? You can't Ugh. get one? You know... The problem is they canceled the Colorado State game, and we could have won against the spread on that game. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty embarrassing. You don't even get a backdoor cover somewhere. Terrible. Uh, anyway, we're going to go to our best bets of the week. Ray, kick us off. Best bet of the week. All right. Um, I am taking the Packers minus 7.5 versus the Lions. Uh, the Packers have won 4 or 5 in, entering Sunday, uh, visiting the Lions. So, it's a division game, typically they're closer. I don't know, but the way Green Bay is playing, I think it's I think it's hard to go against them. Uh, Detroit had a good win last week against the Bears. The Bears. It's still <laughs> the Bears. Uh, and they trailed most of that game. They were down 10 points in the fourth quarter. So, I think Green Bay is going to come in. They're going to put up big numbers. I see two touchdowns for Devontae Adams this week. Ooh, big numbers if you're a Devontae Adams fantasy owner. That's right. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the Bears because my best bet of the week is the Texans minus one and a half against the Bears. You're going to get an absolutely furiated, pissed-off Texans team because they know they should have won that game last week against the Colts, especially Deshaun Watson. He's going to come in with a little bit more to prove. He wants to right the ship and be like, look, we fumbled on the one-yard line, and if we don't fumble, we beat the Colts outright. We're a lot better than people are giving us credit for. And quite frankly, I'm kind of struggling with this question too. How do the Bears score? Because it's not with Mitch Trubisky, it's not with Nick Foles, it's not with Matt Nagy under center, it's not even really with you know Mike Ditka for all that matter under center. They don't score the ball at all. So I mean, they got Allen Robinson, and they. But got, who's going to get Allen Robinson the football? They got Singletary. Uh, excuse me, not Singletary. Mon- uh, Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah, um, running back. so you want to run against J.J. Watt in that D-line. Um, you know what? No, I'm with you. Texans minus <laughs> that's one what I'm say- That's what I'm saying. No, I, it's, good that you're, it's good that you bring that up because that's a lot what I've heard from a lot of the Bears backers. It's like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're still decent. I'm like, no, 
this is an overrated team, guys. Let's 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 admit it. And I think at less than a field goal, the Texans are a steal this week. I'm with you on that. I don't like anything about the Bears. I know how you're saying uh, Watson's going to come in angry and stuff, but Trubisky might come in angry. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe the Bears will find a new quarterback between now and the kickoff. Maybe Patterson can play quarterback. He's played every other position for him. Cordero Patterson. Maybe they'll give me a call to play quarterback. You never know. You might be able to do it, Matt. <laughs> Anyways, that leads us to our long shot of the week. Ray, kick us off on this Long one. shot of the week. So this segment's going to be us just taking a stab at a major underdog on the money line. I This week, I'm taking the Vikings plus 250. I know you're on the Buccaneers mm-hmm. minus the points this week. So this is an extreme long shot for me. But I'm taking the Vikings plus 250 to win the game outright. Like I said earlier, the Bucks get outscored big early. And I think the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, um, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, the, the trio will come in and uh, have a good first first quarter, set a good pace for the game, and win this game outright. Yeah, uh, with this one, I am on a, a I'm on an island with this game. I'm gonna take the Jets plus five twenty five to beat the Seahawks. You're insane, Matt. I might be a tad insane. Yes, I could be slightly over my head. You're taking the Jets to win their first game of the season against Russell Wilson in Seattle, I believe. No, yeah, it's in Seattle. I like the Jets a lot, actually. I don't know. I, again, I wouldn't probably bet this game personally. But if you're looking for a great value, um, I think plus five twenty-five for a Jets team that were they nearly beat the Raiders. Had Greg uh, Williams actually learned how to be a defensive coordinator, they probably do beat the Raiders last week. And this team has gotten a little bit better. Sam Darnold did look a little bit better um, last week against the Raiders. And let's not forget, Seattle just came off of a loss outright to the Giants at home. Um, you know, the Giants, I think, are pretty, you know, comparable. I mean, not as recent, but, you know, for the most part, I get to the Jets, like we talk about it, we're like, oh, you know, they're both in New York. They both stink. Um, <laughs> I think like, the Giants are doing a little better. A than little bit. Yeah, as of right now. Yeah, for sure. But, and Adam Gase is just a complete fool. He has no business being an NFL head coach. Yeah. So, I don't know. If you want to look at a, a decent value, maybe a flyer, maybe something, yeah, what if, Jets plus 525 on the money line to beat Seattle outright i'm gonna wish you good luck on that one but i'm gonna also say you should probably say a bunch of hail marys to the football gods because or the game that's why i said i'm probably personally not going to invest a whole lot onto that but this is kind of more of a what if right right well that that'll do it for this week's show um keep your eye out on these picks let us know what you think you can tweet me i'm at kunv rebel ray you can tweet me at matt raftery 925 follow on instagram at matt raftery underscore 702 let me know what you think let us know what you think on our picks if we're really right if we're overly crazy if we're just above the moon like whatever and what whenever uh, we always appreciate the sport hit us up keep it locked we'll be back next week see you then